Welcome to this message from Alpha and Omega Ministries International. We value the Word of God as an instrument of growth in our lives, using it to mend our ways, align our thinking, and ultimately bring restoration. We trust that you will be blessed and encouraged by what we have to share. I felt that I was on the last message of the series that we have been teaching for the last six weeks. And uh, of course, Michael was hoping he would get the pulpit back. (laughs) But I have informed him early in the week that I still have one more message to conclude the series. Seven is a godly number. Amen. Amen. So today I'm going to hopefully preach the last message on enlarging our capacity of reception from Isaiah chapter 54, verses 2 and 3. We're not going to read that particular verse this morning because all of you now should know it off by heart. And this is part 7. And part 7, I'm going to speak to you about the principle of repositioning. The principle of repositioning. The word repositioned means to put in a new or different position. To put in a new or different position. And the Lord often does that with us in order to enlarge our capacity of reception and enable us to grow further into the things of the Spirit. As for me personally, I have experienced that so many times. And this is what I'm going to be talking to you about this morning. I'm going to show you from the Scriptures and from my own experience, I will share a few things so that we can fully understand what God does when He repositions us and how He does that. And in order to lay a foundation for this teaching, we will read from 1 Kings chapter 17, beginning with verse 2 through to verse 9. 1 Kings 17, beginning with verse 2 through verse 9. We will see in these verses of Scripture how God repositioned and redirected the prophet Elijah in order to sustain him during times of crisis and drought in his nation. Let's begin to read from verse 2. Then the word of the Lord came to him, that is Elijah, saying, Get away from here and turn eastward and hide by the brook Cherith, which flows into the Jordan. And it will be that you shall drink from the brook, and I have commanded the ravens to feed you there. So he went and did according to the word of the Lord, for he went and stayed by the brook Cherith, which flows into the Jordan. The ravens brought him bread and meat in the morning, and bread and meat in the evening, and he drank from the brook. And it happened after a while that the brook dried up, because there had been no rain in the land. 
Then the word of the Lord came to him, saying, Arise, go to Zarephath, which belongs to Sidon, and dwell there. See, I have commanded a widow there to provide for you. Now, we see here in these few verses that we read the principle of repositioning in action. As the Lord guided his prophet through his word in order to sustain him throughout the severe drought that his country was experiencing. Now, as long as Elijah was obedient to the word of the Lord, no matter what the circumstances were at the time, he would always be provided, even if God had to do it in an extraordinary way. I mean, where have you heard before that the ravens would bring you bread <laughs> and meat twice a day to keep you alive? That was, a, a, that was a miracle. That was an extraordinary way that God provided for Elijah. So as long as Elijah was obedient to the word of the Lord, he would be taken care of. Amen? Now, in order for the Lord to do that for Elijah or for any one of us, he had to first reposition himself to places where God specified for him. Now, he said to him, listen, we read, get away from here and turn eastward and hide by the brook Cherith. And again, the second time, the word of the Lord came to him and said, Arise and go to Zarephath, for I have commanded a widow there to provide for you. Now notice the words the Lord said to him twice. I have commanded the ravens to feed you there. There at a specific place. And again, he says to him, I have, a, I have commanded a widow to provide for you there. There is a specific place, isn't it? Yeah. Now, he had to get to the place called there in order for him to receive the blessing. You know, if you're not where you're supposed to be, you're not going to receive the blessing of the Lord. Because the blessing will always go there, where God has specified for you to be. This, this is very interesting. Now, this is the way God often deals with His children. Not just for the sake of providing for us, but also in enlarging our capacity to receive the fullness of His blessing. There is a specific place for you and I called there. You've got to find where that place is. Because there is where the Lord commands His blessing. Amen? Both naturally, physically, and also spiritually speaking. Now, in that place where God specifies for us, He does several things. He matures us. He protects us. He provides for us and takes us into places and spheres of influence and multiplied grace. But we have to find that specific place called there. Amen? Now, all of us need to find that place. 
Listen to what 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 18 says concerning your placement in the body of Christ. But now God has set the members, each one of them, in the body just as he pleased. There is a spiritual place for you to be in order for God to finish what he started with you and I. And you've got to find where that place is. Your place in the body of Christ. Another verse of scripture says in Psalm 68 verse 6, God places the lonely in families. You've got to find where your spiritual family is. Amen? Where is it? And only you, led by the Spirit, can find that place where your family, your spiritual family, you're placing in the body. This is very important, folks, because many are out of place. And because they are out of place, they've stagnated in their faith. They're not growing. They're not maturing. They go around and round and round in circles, never reaching their destination because they are in the wrong place. They're not receiving the right teaching. They're not being imparted the right grace, the right anointing. And because of that, they're not growing. They're not maturing. Hello? You need to find your family. There are times, of course, in which God will reposition us from one place to another in order to protect us from the dangers which lie ahead. God did that with the Lord Jesus when he was just a child. You remember that? In Matthew 2.13 we read, And when they had departed, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream, saying, Arise, Take the young child and his mother, flee to Egypt, and stay there until I bring you word. For Herod will seek the young child to destroy him. So God had to reposition his son because he couldn't take care of himself at that age. He commanded his parents to flee the land of Israel and go to a place in Egypt. And they were to stay there until they receive another word from the Lord. Notice, you only reposition when you receive the prophetic word of the Lord. Otherwise, you stay put. Amen? Some people, they up and go because they have a, a desire or an ambition or thinking the grass is greener on the other side. So they come up with some, you know, excuses and say, well, the season for me is finished here, so i got to move on. Well, you better make sure that it's the Lord who's leading you on and not your own flesh. Hello? you got to have the prophetic word of the Lord. That it is the word of the Lord that repositions you and not your own ambitions, desires, or even an idol in your heart. Amen? Now, the key to this whole exercise of repositioning is the ability to know and discern in our hearts the leading of the Holy Spirit, as well as the timing of our repositioning. And in order for you to find that out, you need to live and walk very close to the Lord. 
Amen? If you're far from Him, you will not be able to receive that inner voice or that inner conviction or the prophetic word that the Lord will speak to you. Being redirected and repositioned by the leading of the Lord, of course, enlarges our hearts as well as our ability to receive from the Lord that which He has prepared for us. It puts us in a place of reception. Amen? It's, it's, it's so important for us to understand that. When you move into that space where God has provided for you, then your heart is open to receive whatever God has for you. Amen? Now, there are different kinds of repositioning, different types of repositioning. And we need to know those, what types of repositioning are there. First of all, there is a spiritual repositioning. What do I mean by that? Well, without spiritual repositioning, there can be no basis for God's blessing. For instance, before the Lord could bless us, He had to first realign us and reposition us spiritually. The Bible says before you and I got born again, we were aligned to the evil one. We served him. Amen? We were subjects of his living in the kingdom of darkness. So before God could bless us, he had to do what? Realign us to the Lord Jesus and reposition us from one kingdom into another. Scripture tells us that. Now listen to what Scripture says. For He has rescued us, Colossians 1.13, from the kingdom of darkness and transferred us or repositioned us into the kingdom of His dear Son who purchased our redemption and forgave our sins. Do you see that? That is the basis or the foundation of all spiritual and material blessings. God first had to reposition us and realign us so that He can pour His blessing on us. And He did that by an act of mercy and grace when He purchased our price or purchased our salvation through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen? So, there is also mental repositioning. How many of you realize that? (laughs) There is mental repositioning where you begin to see things differently than you saw them before you were repositioned. And that came about because God shifted or repositioned the way you see and understand things. Amen? Let me give you also an example to that. We look at the life of Paul, for instance, the apostle, as he testifies to this fact. Let's look at what he says in Philippians 3, verse 5 and 6, reading from the New Living Translation. He says, I was circumcised when I was eight days old. I am a pure-blooded citizen of Israel and a member of the tribe of Benjamin, a real Hebrew, if there was ever one, I was a member of the Pharisees who demand the strictest obedience to the Jewish law. I was so zealous that I harshly persecuted the church, and as for righteousness, I obeyed the law without fault. 
Now notice what he says in verse 7. I once thought these things were valuable, but now I consider them worthless because of what Christ has done. We see here that Paul had a drastic mental repositioning. Before his mind experienced this shift that we're talking about, he valued his tribe, his religious beliefs, he valued the law, and these were things he would kill in order to defend them. And he actually killed many Christians. What he considered as precious and valuable ones, he now considers it as rubbish. What happened? He had a mind shift. Or as some people call it, a paradigm shift. God shifted the way he thought and believed. Let me say this, and I want you to write this down. If you really desire growth and maturity, spiritual growth and enlargement of our hearts requires constant change and mental repositioning if we are to move on to greater things in the Lord and receive the fullness of His blessing. Get that in your heart. Without change, there is no growth. There is no maturity. You stagnate. You stay in the same place. So spiritual growth requires enlargement of our hearts, requires constant change and mental shifting or repositioning so that we can move on to the things that God has prepared for us. I can testify to this in my own personal walk with the Lord. If I had not repositioned my way of thinking, not just once, but many, many times, time and time again, I would not be where I am today and I would not be able to embrace the things and the people I'm embracing today. God had to do a major work in the way I thought. He repositioned and realigned my thoughts again and again and again and again throughout the years so that I can move from one level of faith to another level of faith, from one level of growth to another level of growth. And God will do the same with you if you will allow Him to. Amen? In fact, I believe that I would have been disqualified from fulfilling what God called me to do in the ministry if I refused to reposition myself in the way I thought, or even physically and geographically. Then there is, of course, a physical repositioning or a geographical repositioning. We must consider that as well. Amen? When we are called to move from one place, amen, physically, not just spiritually, to another place so that God can reprovision us in order to become more fruitful and more productive in the kingdom of God. God does that too. How many of you know that or how many of you have experienced that in your life? Where God takes you from one place and moves you to another place. Not your job. Not your ambition, but the word of the Lord. And you've got to make sure that it is the word of the Lord and the call of God on your life that takes you from one place to another place. Amen? Because your time is finished there and God has something else for you in another place. 
Very important to understand that. So, as I said, the key to this principle of repositioning is to be so spiritually alert and sensitive to the leading of the Spirit. And in order for you to be able to be sensitive and remain sensitive, you've got to stay in prayer and often fasting. Because fasting and prayer shuts down your flesh or weakens your flesh to that extent where the Spirit has an opportunity to rise and begin to give you direction and illumination concerning the way that God wants to guide and lead you wherever He has specified for you to be. Perhaps, now these are some indications that that the Lord may reposition you or reposition you physically or even mentally. Perhaps you've been in a place of dryness and frustration for a while. And after you have tried your best to make things work, has only left you with more and more frustration than ever before. I don't know if any of you have experienced that. I know of people that have experienced that in their lives. And through that frustration... God was trying to get their attention. Hey, your time is up here. It's time to move. Hello? There could be signs and strong indication, if you're feeling that way, that the Lord is about to reposition you into a place of blessing and provision where you can rest from your striving and efforts and frustration and find a place of blessing where things begin to move easier, like a well-oiled machine. I'm not saying that's all the indication, but possibly, if you're experiencing that in your life over a long period of time, then you need to stop and listen. Is God speaking to me here? Amen? There comes a time, of course, when a particular season ends in our life, and that which was a great blessing once and now has become a great struggle and frustration to continue in it. And I've experienced that a number of times. I'll give you an example. Things are not moving as they used to. There is more frustration than blessing. Doors are closing before you. You're no longer fulfilled or satisfied where you are and what you're doing. You, you start questioning yourself. What, what, what am I doing here? What's my purpose here? There's no inner satisfaction. What you are investing your life into. You don't get that joy, that, that satisfaction that you are making a difference. Are you listening to me? Amen. Personally, I've experienced that scenario a number of times in my walk of faith. Just because the Lord led you in a certain direction or in a certain place, it does not mean that He wants you to remain there forever. Some people think it's forever. There's nothing. There's no such a thing as forever. When I lived in Zimbabwe, I thought I was going to live in Zimbabwe forever. <laughs> I was happy there. I was blessed. But it was not to be. When I first got born again, we moved up with my wife to Zimbabwe where our in-laws were. And my, my in-laws being generous and people of family, they loved their family, all of their children, and they helped all of the children to be established in business. 
So uh, my father-in-law gave us a, a, a complete established business to run as our own without any money down. Uh, who would do that for you today? Not even parents will do that. But there came a time, uh, and, and my wife and I, we worked hard. We grew that business to the point where we, we were provided abundantly. Anything we needed, we could purchase it cash. From motor vehicles to journeys overseas, taking our family overseas. It was a blessed business. We were provided. And that business provided a foundation for us financially that carried us throughout the years even to this day because of that generous heart of my father-in-law and my mother-in-law. But there came a time after a few years when that which was a great blessing to me became a prison and restricted me from following my heart's passion and desire to serve the Lord. And I recall I used to stand in that office upstairs and feel caged, frustrated in me, in my inner man. Outside, everything was fine. We were blessed financially, you know, socially. We had good friends. But deep down in here, there was a deep frustration and a deep dissatisfaction like I was an eagle caged in and my feathers were clipped. And God began to redirect and realign me from a businessman to an evangelist. That transition was full of joy. The Bible says you will go out with peace and be led forth with joy, or go out with joy and be led forth with peace. I've experienced great release through that repositioning and redirecting. Now, and I traveled throughout Zimbabwe, South Africa, while my wife continued to run the business, raise the children. She did a wonderful work. And, and I did that for seven years. But after seven years, feelings of frustration began to come back again. Doors began to close all over Zimbabwe. The Orthodox Church from where I was serving the Lord shut its doors. They removed me physically three times out of the church building. <laughs> they excommunicated me and my family. And God was speaking again. <laughs> But this time, not only was the Lord about to reposition my ministry, but to reposition physically my entire family from one country to the next, from being part businessman to going into full-time ministry. You know, I was in prayer. That's why I say to you, listen carefully. You do not make decisions such as these lightly. You make sure you heard from the Lord. Because a decision like this can influence your destiny, can damage your family if you are not in the will of God and it is not the word of the Lord that's repositioning you. Listen to this testimony. It will help you. As I was in prayer one morning, I clearly heard the Lord giving me this direction. And that instruction came 
like a thunderbolt and struck my heart. That's why I ask people, you say, well, the Lord is leading me that way. I say, give me a scripture for it. What does the word of the Lord say? Don't just give me good ideas. I don't want to hear good ideas. There are a lot of ideas that seem very good. Nothing wrong with them. But can you base those ideas on the scriptures? Give me a word. God speaks. I know most of the time when God redirected me, he always spoke to me through the written word and made it life and light to me. And it was so clear. I could not doubt even if I wanted to that it was the Lord. And when the Lord speaks to you that way, through his word, you have no doubt, but you know that you know that you know it is the Lord who spoke that word into your heart. Amen? Now, this is the word the Lord used to speak and redirect me. I'm reading from Acts 22, beginning with verse 17. Now it happened, Paul says, as he gives his testimony, when I returned to Jerusalem and was praying in the temple that I was in a trance and saw him, that is Jesus, saying to me, make haste and get out of Jerusalem quickly, for they will not receive your testimony concerning me. Then he said to me, depart, for I will send you far from here to the Gentiles. Phew! Those words brought light and life and struck my heart. And I knew that I knew God was repositioning me and my whole family to another place where I would be positioned to travel to the nations. I mean, how clear can the Lord be? He says, make haste, get out of here. Why? Because they will not receive your testimony here. The doors were shutting all over Zimbabwe. So I, I, I could not travel and minister as I used to because of the persecution. And the Lord said, depart. Now, in the flesh, I didn't want to hear those words. Because I loved Zimbabwe, I loved the people, I loved the comfort that my wife and I and my family were enjoying. I wept because in the flesh I didn't want to go, I wanted to stay. And this is the danger because we get attached to things, we get attached to people. And sometimes out of blind loyalty, we remain in the same place and refuse to move. You've got to be very, very careful that when the word of the Lord comes, you're ready to say, Lord, I will go wherever you send me. I will do whatever you command me. Amen? I received those words to mean that the Lord was ready to reposition not only my ministry, but also my entire life and family. And sure enough, it was not long after that encounter when the Lord repositioned us from Masvingo to a small, a small, very small town to the city of Cape Town, South Africa. Now listen, that transition was impossible to take place because Zimbabwe introduced laws that made it impossible for anyone to leave with his possessions. But you know what God did? He did a miracle, not one, but two. And he brought us out with silver and gold. 
God does that. <laughs> Amen? And I have discovered this from my personal experience. I've watched it in people, how they struggle. When God calls them to reposition, either mentally or physically, they struggle. You struggle because we're human beings. We have emotions, feelings. We hesitate. Sometimes we delay from moving. Other times, we just plain disobey. And I've seen people do that. Why? Because we get attached to things and to people and to places. You know, like me, for instance, I'm a very emotional guy. I get attached to the house I live in. I don't want to move and I don't want to sell. My kids say, especially one of them, Dad, it's time you sell and go down into a, what do they call it? Downgrade. You're getting older. I said, I don't want to hear about it. I don't want to sell and I don't want to move. And my wife and I, we're very happy where we are. We didn't ask for your help. So don't worry about it. We'll take care of ourselves, even if I have to put a lift in my house <laughs> to take my wife up and down. But I'm not moving, I'm not selling. I love the house. Every room I walk into is filled with memories, beautiful memories of my children growing up, going to school, coming back. Well, if the Lord says sell it, I will, but it's got to be the Lord, and He's got to speak to me through His Word. <laughs> Amen? Some of you have moved recently. You know what I'm talking about. Now, not only do we get emotionally attached to things or people, but we get comfortable and set in our ways, especially as we get older, Right? Another reason is because we are afraid of the unknown, because we do not know what we're going to find where we're going. That fear holds many people in the same place, whether it's a physical repositioning or spiritual repositioning or mental repositioning. I know people that were born in a certain denomination and they will say, I was born here and I'm going to die here. And what happens, not only do they die there physically, but they die there spiritually. Why? Because they don't want to move into a place where they can be fed spiritually, where they can receive the Word of the Lord, filled with the Spirit, flow in the gifts of the Spirit. So they sit out of blind loyalty in the same place, and there they die. Hello? You know, there was a time when you had to literally, and it happened physically, remove me from the church that I grew up in. I would fight to defend my title as an Orthodox Christian. But you know, when God repositioned me mentally and shifted my way of thinking, you know how he did it? Through the Word. I was reading in the book of Hebrews the testimony of Moses. The Scripture said when Moses came of age, he refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. What happened to him? He grew up and he understood, hey, these are the people that are torturing my people. So when I grew up spiritually, not only did I not defend that denomination as well, 
but I wanted to have nothing to do with it because they killed the prophets of the Lord and they mocked at so many modern-day prophets and apostles. I'm not an Orthodox. I'm a Christian, born of the Spirit. Amen? This is what happens when God repositions you, shifts your way of thinking, or repositions you physically. Amen? We are afraid of the unknown, so we remain in the same place. Our capacity to receive from the Lord remains limited and restricted. Enlarging our capacity of reception requires obedience in the form of being repositioned and redirected when God leads us that way. Amen? Let me ask you a question. What if Elijah refused to move from the drying brook because he was comfortable where he was? Or what if he refused to move and go to the widow in Zarephath because he, he wasn't sure, will the widow really take care of me? I don't know this widow. What happened? What would have He would have died. Amen. Mighty man of God, mighty prophet of God. So many miracles. He would have died if he refused to reposition himself. And many have died, as I've mentioned to you. Amen. Say amen if you agree. Amen. Hallelujah. And I, I met such people over the years that I have walked with God whom the Lord has called out of the denomination and out of the churches they were born into, out of the places of employment, so they could go further in the Lord and become equipped for works of service, but they refused to move. Now those same people, they once were on fire for God. They had a passion to serve God. These very same people now have backslidden. And the things they loved in the Lord, now they want to have nothing to do with them anymore. What happened? Amen? You know the answer to that. And listen, as a result of our disobedience, often, the enemy finds an open door in our lives. And he walks through that open door and does his work. Obedience to the Word of the Lord family is what unlocks and releases the blessing of the Lord in our lives and enlarges our capacity to receive from Him. Now, what is the Spirit of the Lord saying to you? You found your place, both spiritually. Are you in the right church? <laughs> I know a pastor that every year he has an altar call for all those who are in the wrong place. <laughs> and he, <laughs> I heard of this, and it's a true story. He lays hands on them, and he says, Lord, please guide them to the spiritual family. Show them where the place is. Amen. Praise God. That's why I said many times, I only want those whom God sends me. Because if God didn't send you here, you're going to create more problems than I can handle. <laughs> Amen. Sure, I like this place to be filled. Don't misunderstand me. But you've got to make sure that this is where God leads you. Amen. This is a unique family <laughs> with a unique mandate. Amen. Look at our color. Yeah, I mean, we represent fully Cape Town. <laughs> Amen. Praise God. 
Even Greeks we've got in our midst. <laughs> and let me ask you a question. Have you taken the time to listen to the Lord? Really listen to Him. Listen to your inward man. This is where God speaks, and I always point here because it's here, not here, here. Jesus said, out of his innermost being, another translation says, out of his belly. Where's your belly? <laughs> right here. <laughs> Deep down. You know, those feelings of frustration, those feelings of joy, they all come from here. Because that's where the Holy Spirit resides. Listen, you know, your spirit knows much more than your head does. And your spirit, if you're born again, he's a safe guide. Because the spirit of God dwells within your spirit. Not your mind, not your body, in your spirit. And he knows... He knows the plans and the purposes of God for your life. He knows where you're supposed to be spiritually. He knows where you're supposed to be in, in, uh, physically. And if you listen to him, he will always guide you into the right place. Always. I've always endeavored to listen to my heart. And when my heart starts, you know, there's a stirring. that I've got to stop and I've got to listen. Maybe it will take a few days of fasting and prayer. But I always get a clear direction. Amen? The Bible says in Proverbs 20, 27, The spirit of a man is the lamp of the Lord, searching all the inner depths of his heart. What this means is that when the Lord is ready to speak to you, he imparts or lights your lamp Light your candle, as they say. Amen? He lets you know right here. And if you listen to your spirit, he will also show you who you connect with and who you do not connect with, who you build relationship with and who you don't build relationship with. Amen? Praise God. Amen. You promise that you're going to sit and listen? What does God say? in relation to this principle. Now, the Lord may not be speaking to you about this. That's fine. But if this word has spoken to you, don't just ignore it. Spend time and minister to the Lord. Now, of course, the altar is always open. God spoke to me last week. He says the altar must always be open. When you finish your message, you close the service and you give an altar call for people who might need prayer, might need direction or wisdom from God. Others may need employment. Others may need healing in their body. Or they may go through a difficult time and they need some encouragement. So the altar will always be open in this house. Michael will be here. Siobhan will be here. Craig will be here. Anybody who feels that, you know, is capable of praying and you, you are part of this fellowship, you're welcome to pray for people. Amen? So let's pray. Can you stand with me, please? I want you to pray this prayer from your heart. I'm going to lead you in this, in this prayer. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, teach me to listen to my spirit. Enable me to hear and receive your instructions in the spirit. 
and cause me to instantly obey without hesitation when I know the way in which you lead me to go. Father, here I am. I desire to know your will. I desire that you speak to my heart about matters that concern me and my family. About matters that concern my present and my future. About matters that concern my spiritual growth and my maturity in you. I thank you for your wisdom. I thank you that you're always ready and you're always willing to speak to me. For your word declares, my sheep hear my voice and they follow me. And I decree and declare that I am one of your sheep, Lord. And I thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Thank you for listening to this message. For additional resources or more information about this ministry, come and visit us at alphaomegaint.org.za.